peace, shalom, wholeness, wholesomeness. Uh, since July, yes. I already had my um, psychologist therapy session about this whole thing. Um, <laughs> Because it's, 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 it really encompasses a, a lot of our life, how we see it. What we'll address today is also related to that. Of course, we've been talking about peace. But in this case, we're going to concentrate on a state of being, not what is surrounding us, but what is our state of being that is connected to peace. And we'll read again that same scripture that um, Brother Chuck read earlier today. In Isaiah 11, 1 to 9. It's in your uh, pew Bibles if you would like to pull that up. On your phones. Um, I, I, I think it'd be good if we can read it together along. The pages are up here. If you are um, unfamiliar with uh, the Pew Bibles, uh, there's a large print version and the regular print. And it reads as follows A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. And with the breath of his lips, he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist. And faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the lion and the fatling together. And a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down, lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like the, co- the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the ass. And the weaned child shall put his hands on the adder's den. And they will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will build full of knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this word. Thank you for this image you present to us. May we, Lord, meditate upon it and live through it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, I want to uh, do the same exercise we did last week. Last week, we... Simply imagined. Right? We imagined. And we imagined a place that is described in these words that we just read. 
What comes to mind when we read a portion of scripture such? Do you hear reality? Or do you hear an alternate reality? If we were talking about quantum mechanics and quantum mathematics and physics and all that stuff, we would be actually mentioning a parallel dimension out there somewhere that is probably similar to ours but doesn't quite look like it. <laughs> Is that a hopeful, a hopeful state of being that is being described? Now, this passage is divided in two sections, verses 1 through 5 and verses three, 6 through 9. But both uh, are speaking about a future that for the listeners seem distant. And perhaps, as I mentioned, even unreal. Something that they could not capture in their minds. As modern readers, we think of Jesus personified in the description of the first section, right? We hear all these words that allude to this coming king. This coming king of peace. But what's that second part all about? <laughs> you know. And, and again, I, I just like to think about these things and imagine what would we be thinking if we were hearing these words firsthand? Now, you've heard the old debate, right? Nature versus nurture, right? Nature versus nurture. Are we created or are we becoming what we are? That's a, something that really it, it is, is quite mind-boggling. It's been one of those philosophical themes that have been dealt with for eons. And still people are trying to work that out. I have a simple answer to it. I figured it all out. The answer is yes. <laughs> always right we are created there's something in our DNA and somehow that's shaped and formed but how does that play with what is being foretold you see when someone writes or reads these words is talking about something that is not quite yet. It's out there in the ether, right? It's out there in the future. So how is that shaped? How is that embedded in DNA? And, and, and how does that really work? There seems to me that there is a play here, right? A play with God's vision of what it is to be and how we participate in creating that vision. Jesse is uh, mentioned here in the passage and is referred to as a stump. I would never want to be referred to as such. Um, right? 
a stump. Now, of course, we know of this being a sort of a metaphoric image of the descendancy of David the king, right? And look back towards the future, sort of remembering uh, David the one king, and Jesse is David's father, which is basically a royal reference. There's a line, right, of descendancy that comes from there. There's, there, there, there's a root in this person's character. So we need to really go back to the previous chapter in verses 33 and 34 to grasp the full understanding of that in chapter 10. It says, See the Lord, the Lord Almighty, will lop up the boughs of great power, with great power. The lofty trees will be felled. The tall ones will be brought low. He will cut down the forest thickets with an axe. So basically there's quite a continuance here of this image is that what was a forest has been cut down. But out of that there's this stump. So is that a reference uh, basically of resurgence, of, of, of rebirth of what once was. And I think it applies directly to the nature of this person that is to come. There's a connection to the past, right? There's an origin of this person's nature. An origin in the history of the Israelites. Now as we read the further description of this man, there is also references to a spiritual matter, right? The spirit of the Lord. Right? You heard that, right? The Spirit of the Lord. But it's not only the Spirit of the Lord. There's other spirits involved here. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding. The Spirit of counsel and might. The Spirit of knowledge and respect of God. Now when you hear that term, the Spirit of, what comes to mind? I mean, what, what, what are we talking about, right? The spirit, okay, is that some alien that overtakes our thinking? Or, I mean, what, 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 what is going on with that? Uh, and, and you've heard from me before that there is a big difference between the Western world and the Eastern world, right? In the West, we think of spirit and body as two different things, different aspects of ourselves, but we don't necessarily put them together. Now in the Eastern world, that's different. There's no way you can separate your spirit from your body. That's why we Puerto Ricans like to dance when we're happy, right? I mean, we want to show that. And that's why we cry when there's sadness. And we cry out loud, right? That's because it's part of who we are. There's no, these two things out there. So when we hear these words, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom, 
and understanding, we're talking about something that is embedded within. Now please hear me. Like I mentioned, this is not something outside. It's embedded within. So this is the nature of this person to come. It gets even more interesting. When we talk about spirit is, you know, again, this sort of fuzzy thing. But is the spirit planted in our DNA? Or is it cultivated in the mind? I like Janice, quick learner. The answer is yes. <laughs> so if we think of Jesus as a child that comes from the womb of a mortal with a human nature, but with godly DNA weaved into the fabric of that nature, we would say that it all oh, this is part of becomes sort of naturally. But we also have an understanding that children were raised in the Israelites' time back then with the knowledge of this Lord, this God that was one God for everybody. So that presence in the midst of their world has a significance that has to be grappled with and work around. The way that I think of it is not nature versus nurture, but rather nature and nurture intertwined. There's nature and nurture equaling Jesus. There's my engineering mind, right? Right, David? There has to be some formula to this thing so I can understand it. So perhaps this is a window for us to view ourselves as well. Perhaps we can see that part of our nature battles against another part of our nature. Guided, shaped, and formed by experience. Our minds are engaged in making sense of this which we carry inside which we create for ourselves and sometimes even unawares. Now let's talk about a little bit about experiences. Some of us have experienced trauma. Right? Yes. And trauma shapes us distinctively. And some of us may have experienced what we called and was referred to as the mountaintop experiences, right? Those places where we are just inspired and joyful and saying, God, you're so good. You're great. This is awesome. Why don't we just stay here? Why go down back to the real life? I want to stay here, right? Is that God working on and with us? Is that part of, of God's guidance and instruction? Having us experience life in fullness from the pain to the joy 
so that we can form and shape that which is within. If we add to that formula a spirit that is also involved in shaping a special guide we call the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit, which is inspiring us. It's exposing us, exposing us to different experiences in life. What happens then? I tell you what happens. We. Hey, this is what happens. You, you are here. Amen. Right? I tell you. I tell you. I would rather be surfing. Right? If we go by nature. All right? If we let go by our nature, I'd rather be surfing. That, that's my preference. But somehow, I'm here. You see? Somehow, God has shaped me in a way that I'm putting aside the Broncos. Scott, Scott knows what I'm talking about. Right? And I'm putting aside those things that really are attractive to me. Somehow, God has infused me with a spirit of worship towards this God. Amen. Because before, my infused thing would be to worship this guy. That's right. The Spirit nurtures. The Spirit nurtures with instruction, leading by opening our eyes to a newness of self-awareness and a newness of reality. This is a new us. And we're becoming. It's not done yet. Right? We're continually becoming. There's a continual creative process that we're going through. Now when you consider this person that is pictured in the first section, the question arises then. What would be the state of being resulting from their existence? Right? If the king of peace comes, what results? If peace abounds, what do we have? And this is where the second section comes in. And we're going to be done in five minutes. Those are Puerto Rican minutes for those who don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> now last week we heard that Isaiah saw a vision. Right? This is a reality presented to a person through their eyes, their senses. And it was no ordinary seeing since what came to that window of the mind's eye was not real yet. We call it prophetic vision. Because it describes what happens, what he describes is in a different time, in a different state of being, is something far away. And it involves a different nature. Now think of it. Think of it. Look, 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 look at these pairings. A wolf and a lamb. 
a leopard and a kid, a cat and a lion. <laughs> Is that real? See, we're presented with something that is not natural. Right? That's completely unnatural. What is instinctive and natural is for those to be at each other, to eat each other, to be prey for the other, correct? And why is it that the prophet sees this? What is it that, that, that why is it that the prophet just describes a state of being for us that is not according to our nature? I think that these juxtapositions are intentional. I think God is playing with us. I think God is presenting a vision of something beyond the expected. Now, verse 9 brings to forth the, the causal effect. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord. Causal effect. You understand that? What causes the previously described is pointed to as an awareness a fullness of knowledge of God now please 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 stay with me here think of that and a full awareness of what God is but God not only represents, right? We think of this God as up there again in the clouds. But it's not just that. It's a full knowledge of what God is. As the waters cover the sea. I mean, you know, he likes to use these words. Painting a picture for us. Now, could it be, could it be that the realization of that vision, of that second section, is more in our hands than in the hands of the one that came from the stump of Jesse? This is just me wondering, okay? Could it be that what is to come, it will come into fullness of being when we are there? Is this Jesus that is foretold here, the inspirer, the instructor of that spirit to learn from and to carry forth? Are we then to see ourselves as the ones nurtured and to be in the realization of that world? Is peace, therefore, 
up to us. Yikes. <laughs> of course, I know what you're thinking because you already know that I know, right? <laughs> I know your thoughts. You're thinking impossible. Right? You're thinking there is no way. And I truly believe that's the challenge for us today. Yes. See, because we only think about our limitations. We only think about the things we are not aware we can do. We only think of God as that one who is away, far away. But will the knowledge of the Lord be set upon us in a way that it produces through some of our effort, but through some of that knowledge and awareness, that dominating thing of peace that just really wraps the earth, as it calls it here, as a warm wind that permeates all of creation. Peace, shalom, wholeness. Ay, 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 ay. Can you envision that world? My five minutes are gone. But I tell you, this week I was in a conference from an entity called Live Well. Live Well is doing efforts to provide food where there's no food, health where there's no health, and there's all these entities from government and from nonprofits, and 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 they were having chats, conference presentations. I was invited to be part of a panel. This talking about what we're doing. <laughs> and at the end, I just said, you know, I think that we have, have got to rescue some of our words. One of them is peace. Shalom. Right? The other one is love. We'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. The old peace and love, brother. Huh? Right? <laughs> You remember that? Peace and love, man. Right? You see, this is the problem in the 60s and 70s. That's all it became is peace and love. I'm cool. But we really need to address what that means. We are challenged to address what that means. And you know what? I, 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 I don't know where this came from. But I mentioned in a room full of people that were professionals in, 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 in governments and, and again in nonprofits. And this is what I said. We have to get to the place where we're no longer Latinos, poor, white, rich. We have to get to the place when we look at each other on the level. And we say, we're cool. Amen. Right? Amen. Yes. Now, how do you create that? If you're not personifying it. 
I mean, uh, that's the challenge. That's the challenge. How do you communicate to the other that it's okay? That God is with us. That we can experience peace today. Not in the by and by, but today. Why? Because God showed up. Amen. This person described here showed up. And he gave us instruction. I mean, what did Mary think of when, when, she, when she had the vision from the angel, right? The world. This is what I know. I know that when Jesus showed up, Simeon, you remember that character? Simeon? And the courts and the temple said, this is it. This is it here. He just appeared. And Anna, the prophetess, right? What did she say? This is it. Right? I know that their words were, I'm at peace. I, I, now I can die. <laughs> Basically, it's cool. Because the one that represents what we all want has come. And he is present even today. Let's pray. Father, we are just grateful. Grateful for what you show us, the beyond, the things that are not quite there yet. But because of you, are not only potential, possible, but is there for us to grab. And I pray, Father, that that challenge that we uh, uh, engage in and, and, and work with, even in all our experiences of life, we can just see through them and see your great love and the peace that you have provided, that we are complete in you. Nothing is missing. Thank you. In Jesus we pray. Amen.